In this podcast, we're going to talk about the second phase of the Cold War from roughly 1979 to the present. Your task in this podcast is to explain one reason why the Cold War ended briefly sometime between 1985 and 1991, and explain one reason why the Cold War might be said to have returned to Europe at some point in the years between 1991 and 2019. When we saw the Cold War in the first podcast in this series, we ended with the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. Thereafter, there was a period of what was called détente. Détente referred to peaceful coexistence with the Soviet Union. And even though they were a communist nation and we regarded them as a mortal threat since World War II, we decided that we could live with them and we could negotiate with them and make agreements and in that way lower the tension that had led up to the Cuban Missile Crisis. You really see detente under Richard Nixon. Nixon opened up relations with China, and he also made some very important strides in arms limitation talks, which were known as SALT-1, the Strategic Arms Limitation Treaty, or SALT-1. Now, SALT-1 in 1972 did not reduce the number of nuclear missiles on each side, but it prevented their expansion Later on in the Reagan administration, you would have the START Agreement, which was the Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty with Mikhail Gorbachev. Reagan and Gorbachev made that great deal, and arms were going to be reduced by both sides, which further reduced tension. So you see, detente was something that existed from roughly 1972 until 1979. What happened during that period? Well, again, there was peaceful coexistence. In 1975, the United States and the Soviet Union had a joint space project where a U.S. ship docked with a Soviet ship, and that was really quite incredible. But this easing of tensions did not last for long because in 1979, the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan, of all places. And the United States boycotted the Olympics that year in 1980 when the Olympics were held in Moscow and set up other kinds of restraints and sanctions against Russia. So relations went downhill from there. When Reagan became president, he was an anti-communist cold warrior, and that also ratcheted up the tensions between the United States and the Soviet Union. But then in 1985, Mikhail Gorbachev became the Soviet leader, and he claimed that he wanted something called perestroika. And what perestroika meant was restructuring. He said that he was a communist, but that he wanted freedom for the first time in the Soviet Union. We didn't know what to believe. Nobody knew what to believe. The Reagan administration certainly did not, did not know, and nobody really trusted Gorbachev because it was like he wanted to get some agreements with the United States, but he wanted to hold on to communism, which to us was the exact opposite of freedom. So how could he possibly be sincere? Well, it turned out that he was sincere, but nobody knew it. 
I remember attending a conference in 1986 on Russian relations. And in the conference, the experts said, we have two things to fear about Gorbachev. One, that he will fail, and the other, that he will succeed. Which was either a profound statement or a profoundly ridiculous statement, depending upon how you look at it. But above all, it was a statement that showed that that fellow didn't know what he was talking about, and he was admitting that he didn't know. Well, within five years, the Soviet Union would cease to exist, and nobody saw it coming. Because as it turned out, Gorbachev was sincere, and he made the START agreement with Ronald Reagan, and he introduced new freedoms to the Soviet Union, which created a revolution in the mind among the Russian people, a revolution of rising expectations. And this eventually led to the old guard in the Soviet Union being afraid that too much change was happening too fast, and they actually tried to overthrow Gorbachev in 1991. But this coup, as it was, never really got off the ground, and Gorbachev was released. However, his power was obviously gone, and at the end of the year, 1991, he resigned as Soviet leader, and the Soviet Union itself ceased to exist to be replaced by Russia. Now, after 1991, Russia was a potential democracy, and the Western alliance tried to help Russia, but it didn't do enough to help Russia. And so in the 90s, Russia tended to be very poor. It tended to decline both economically and politically, it saw the loss of all these colonies that it had once controlled, including Crimea, Ukraine, and the Baltic states. And the Russians felt humiliated by all this. Well, the Western allies should have done a better job of trying to usher Russia into a democratic situation. But instead, the Western allies whooped it up, made, made it clear that communism had been defeated, and that the West had won, and history was over. And I think there was a general neglect of Russia in the 90s, so that by the end of the 90s, the last decent Russian leader, Boris Yeltsin, was replaced by Vladimir Putin, who we have today. Putin has been running for president ever since the late 1990s, and that sustains somehow the fiction that he is an elected leader, but the election is a sham and Putin is a virtual dictator. Putin is a former member of the KGB, the equivalent of the CIA in Russia, and he regrets that the Soviet Union ceased to exist. So having worked for the Soviet Union, Putin wants to bring it back, and he especially wants to bring back the colonies that Russia should never have had in the first place, but that Russia controlled during the Soviet era. He's already taken back by force Crimea during the Obama administration, and now he's trying to take back Ukraine. And so there is a new Cold War afoot, and it's largely due to two things. In part, but in only a small part, it is due to the Allies after the collapse of Russia not doing enough to assist Russia in its transition to democracy. But most importantly of all, it's due to Vladimir Putin trying to reestablish 
a Soviet-style monarchy in Russia and a Soviet-style imperialism over Eastern Europe and Ukraine especially. So those are the reasons why the Cold War persists. And those people who say there is no Cold War, I think, are engaging in wishful thinking. You won't find the term Cold War discussed much, but it does seem like we can never quite escape this type of geopolitics with the Russians, no matter how hard we try. And that's the story of the second phase of the Cold War. This is Dr. Ryman.